spoke about, uh, and that was Embrace the Mess. And I need a drink, so I'm going to take a drink. Um, and yeah, things might be a little bit messy. It's not um, how I do things normally. Uh, I'm a very ordered, very structured person in my life with most things. Um, I'm trying to embrace the mess a little bit. And so this might not be the most perfect sermon that you ever hear in your whole entire life. Uh, But I hope you see God in it. And I know you will because God breathes scripture and he wants to talk to us through it. And so we're going to unpack it a little bit. Is that cool? Thanks, one clap. We are, someone is one clap ready. No, it's good. It's good, it's good, it's good. Awesome. Andrew spoke this morning, Andrew Heasley. So if you weren't here, go have a listen. It'll be similar, but it'll be different to tonight. Andrew's such a great communicator. So compact. (laughs) Love it. We're going to be looking at Matthew 6.33. Now, probably very well known to a lot of you. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Andrew shared a story this morning of a church that had a cafe out the front of it. And the church owned this cafe, but it was run by this guy. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, at any point, please. And he would do this coffee thing where he would, there'd be lots of homeless people that would go there. He'd make them breakfast in the morning and he'd say, if you want to buy coffee and buy coffee for someone else, we can do that and we'll give them a free coffee if you're contributing to that. How awesome. That's so good. Um, And he spoke about this homeless woman who was outside the back of the church, and the the church was actually trying to get the uh, homeless people out of the place because they were were worried for the children and the the kids around the place. They thought it was a safety risk, and they wanted to shut this guy down because even though he was doing something so beautiful and so powerful, the church wanted to shut him down. And everyone this morning was like, oh, like it was actually audible, like Everyone was in disgust of like this, this story. How could a church do that? How could they do such a thing? The men who were around this lady, and she was obviously had a, a mental illness, is what Andrew sort of alluded to, and the men were like, we're not leaving until this lady moves on. And the lady moved on, and then that's what happened. Today, I arrived here at church this afternoon. I got out of my car and two homeless people came up to me. (laughs) And my first thought, I have a sermon to prepare for. (laughs) Why is this inconveniencing me? I have to do something about this now. And it hit me. It's like, I'm the church that Andrew was talking about. That was what came across my mind. 
And so I was one of the people going, how dare that church? How dare they? And yet I was in that same situation just out here a couple of hours ago. So God wants to teach me a few things. (laughs) I think he wants to teach us a few things too. Andrew said this morning, we actually got the privilege of working on this today together, so we spoke on the same thing. And so if, it's, if you love it, awesome, I'm going to say the same thing. If you don't love it, Andrew's part of it too, okay? So uh, just go see him. Um, just a quick reflection. Uh, we spoke about the four-chapter gospel recently, and that includes... Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And, oh, thanks. Sleet is all over it. Thank you. And I'm just so thankful to be at a church like Arana that has not left out any of these points. Have we focused on some more than others in the past? Probably. But we are, we are, I think we have a holistic view of the gospel that is powerful and sometimes rare. And so I just want to say we're in a good spot to wrestle with this stuff and I think God wants to say some stuff. I think what we can see in this series, this called series that we've been on, is that the gospel isn't passive in nature but it's actually contributing and transforming us and the people around us. That's the, that's the ability of the gospel. And if we take it into account when it comes to purpose, we're basically looking at what, what's my job description as a Christian when it comes to being called. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, a few things sort of stand out to me there. Seek. There's a pursuit. There's a movement. There's not, you're not Staggered. It's not stopping. You can't reach the point. It's a seeking. It's a journey. We're always moving towards it. First, obviously, have to put that before something else. So what's that saying? His is ownership of this. Ownership of kingdom and ownership of righteousness. So when it comes to a kingdom, who is the king that we're referring to? That's important in this. And then obviously kingdom and righteousness are the two main words in this that we probably need to get a grasp on. Do you know what this verse is addressing? If you had to look at this verse completely by itself, would you know what it meant? I would say not. So we're going to take a look around it because this this verse is actually addressing fear. It's actually addressing worry and anxiety. Do you see that written anywhere in that? Probably not. That's why the context of the verses that we choose to read are so important for us to grapple with. So let's, let's take a further look out. Matthew 6 from 25, we'll just read a bit. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, see how the flowers of the field grow? They, they do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Fear, worry, anxiety. He's, he's talking, this is, this is the start of, um, in the, when he's doing the Sermon on the Mount. So he's talking to, to his people, and yet he's using language that is so pretty hard-hitting. You of little faith to the people he's been teaching for a long time. These things are all legitimate. He's not discarding these things of wanting food and wanting water because they are the needs that we rely on for life. But there is a whole spiritual truth that completely outweighs their experience in front of them. And he wants to remind them of that. They were letting their experience deter them from what was right in front of them, and that was Jesus. Do we find this today? Obviously, this is a different time. This is a different place. We are in an anxious society. There is anxiety, there is worry, there is fear riddled throughout our communities, and yet would you say that we are after food and water In general, there are some people in our society who need those things and we need to help them find those things. But in general, do we have an abundance? Yes, absolutely. More than enough. So where is this anxiety coming from? This fear that is taking over our lives and our community, where is this coming from? Fear is what deceives us and it grips us. We see the government and they tell us some good things, but they also tell us some things that will make us a bit fearful about what would happen if we didn't have as many jobs or if the economy crashed and Andrew used housing prices. One day they're like, so like, oh my gosh, it's going to crash. And then the next day it's like, oh my gosh, it's so big. And it's, it's like, what's going on? They're just all this information. It affects the way we live our life. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And after that verse, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now on one hand, we've got worry, stress, anxiety. They're the things we're addressing. And that is not saying that we're, this isn't referring to concern, or thinking. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. That's not what he's saying. Concern and thinking actually fuel passion in us that will want us to do something about what we're concerned with. Fear will drag us down into a spiral that's hard to get out of. Just to make that distinction. So am I seeking the kingdom and his righteousness first? 
You see, if you seek first, then you'll stop worrying. That's what it's saying. But if you stop worrying, then you'll seek first as well. There's this whole, like, vortex-type thing. I don't know. But seek first, and you'll stop worrying. But if you stop worrying, you'll seek first. So we should stop worrying and seek, but seek and stop worrying, and you can just bounce back and forth all day. It's like sort of, I picture it like when you go bowling, you have the bumpers up. We'll just go in between that, like the whole time, the whole way down. You know how little kids, like little three-year-olds, they're like, I want to go by myself. And it's like, bam, and it just goes, doo, 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 before they get down to it. Keeps us on the straight. Keeps us in there. This is a good reminder. So if fear is the problem, kingdom and righteousness is the antidote. When you think of kingdom, I think of, well, I don't know what you think of. I think of Age of Empires, right? I don't know if any of you have played that game, computer game. It was like legendary. It's actually a funny story. My grandma taught me how to play Age of Empires. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, she was like the best. Um, she knew all the cheats too. Anyway, sorry. It's a different story. Um, I think of that, you know, you're building a kingdom. You have to build the walls and then you expand it. You take down the enemy, build an army, conquer them. So we think a place. We think location. We think that it's enclosed and restricted and everyone is safe within the walls of the kingdom. But Jesus says it's actually bigger than that. It's actually found, the kingdom's actually found in me, not in a place. And if the kingdom's found in me and I'm in you, like you and me, what does that mean? We think build up the walls, and Jesus says, no, 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 tear them down. We don't need the walls. We think armies, slaves, military. Jesus says, no, 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 service. You're going to serve. He says, I want you to seek. I want you to be humble. I want you to be meek. I want you to be peacemakers. We think, let's take the ground. And Jesus is like, I own the ground. So you don't need to take it. Just be. We think, hold the fort. And Jesus is like, I am the fort and I will not be shaken. His version of kingdom is far greater than what we can ever perceive. And if we think that God needs us to hold, to build a physical kingdom and keep everyone safe inside, then I think we might have the wrong view of who God is <laughs> and his ability to be over everything and be the one that we can fully trust in Jesus. What does the Lord's Prayer say? This is what Jesus says. He's like, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom that Jesus has just talked about on earth as it is in heaven. What do you think of when you think of heaven? If fear is the problem, then kingdom and righteousness coming to earth as it is in heaven is the antidote. So what's heaven? Wherever Jesus is, right? Completely and totally like God. The hope of glory, the gospel in its entirety, hope over fear, completely complete, completely love, peace, joy, not lacking anything, perfect, in union with God, finished. But peace. Now, peace is an interesting word. Because we use peace and we think of just not conflict. So if there's not conflict happening, then we're in peace. Andrew's analogy this morning was awesome, so I'm going to steal it again. If he's driving along with his family in the car, and the kids are in the back, and they're screaming at each other, and he turns around and goes, says something to make them stop. Screaming in the back. I don't know what he would say. I don't want to put it in his mouth. But if he turns around and says that to them, and then they stop, and they face the front, and it's like, oh, that's so peaceful. But then he looks in the rearview mirror, and they're just like, like, is that peace? Or is that just quiet? <laughs> so there's something that we, when we talk about peace, it gets missed. There's something that's missing. Peace in the sense of shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew word. It does mean peace, but it means like wholeness. It means complete. So there's an all-encompassing sense of peace that peace doesn't really get on its own. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do, not give it, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And that's in John. Peace I give you. Shalom I give you. I give you this to use in the world. This is my kingdom. This is heaven and earth stuff. And so when we ask God for his kingdom to come to earth... As it is in heaven, we're asking for that same kingdom here. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, unity, shalom, wholeness, peace into our earthly experience. That's baffling to me that we can ask the creator of the universe to intercede into our situation as he is in heaven without this fear, without this anxiety, without this worry, we can call upon our God 
to intervene into experience and situations. And through Jesus, the gap is not that big. It's actually gone. And I don't, I'm the first to say, I don't know what that looks like, right? I feel like I'm just scratching the surface on this stuff. But Jesus in us, living and residing in us, heaven to earth. This is a quote I recently heard. If you believe in the kingdom of God, you'll leave a bit of heaven behind. That was like perfect timing. Let's read that again. If you believe in the kingdom of God, you'll leave a bit of heaven behind. I mean, it makes sense, right? If we're in connection with the, with the creator, if we're in communion with Jesus, where we go, he's going to use us to be heaven to whatever's around us, to be the light and the salt in this world. Heaven's naturally just going to naturally... Did I say naturally twice? Yeah, cool. Heaven's going to naturally seep out of us. I don't like the word seep either. I was trying to come up with another one. It's a little bit gross. Leak? Like, sounds faulty, you know? But like it's natural, like wherever we go, as I walk and I go through my week, as I go into this situation, (laughs) heaven's just going to seep out of us. Do you know? Like, I'm going to go into my week. I'm going to go into tomorrow. And just a bit of heaven is going to be... Cool. All great words. Fantastic. Anymore. I'm going to go into my week. Trickle? Fragrance? Is that Oozing. Sounds like... Pussy sore or something. I don't know. Not sure about oozing. But just in all of its goodness, in all of its completeness, and I don't know, I don't, I don't actually get it. But he's with us. And we weren't saved for our own benefit, even though we are saved and we do benefit from it. And how freeing and awesome is that, that through Jesus Christ we are saved. And we weren't saved for God's benefit, but we were saved to bless the world. That we as a creation are redeemed to the creator, but we are a blessing to the world. And as I walk, I will take heaven and it will be in the world. As I walk and take my steps, heaven will be in the world. That shalom, the peace, the completeness will hopefully just 
be in the world wherever I go because we are carriers of Jesus Christ. You are carriers of Jesus Christ. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first. And this will happen as you walk. This will happen as you go. Man. I mean, we're all thinking about the situations in our life that, lives that need a little bit of heaven, the people in our lives that need a little bit of heaven. So we're going to stop and just pray for whatever's in your mind when we talk about this. Who needs Jesus in your life? Who needs shalom in your life? band's not going to play any music or anything. It is going to be silent. What? No chords underneath. No, we're just going to be silent for a second. Is that okay? Can we just take time to pray? Pray into, expectantly. Into this week, into those situations. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, we thank you We thank you that you choose us to represent you here on earth. And we want to represent you well, Lord. Not because we strive to be, but because we're in communion with you. Lord, when it's tough or when our, when our experience makes us think otherwise, would you help us remember to seek you first, to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. And as we seek you, Lord, would you just impact whatever is around us, what we can see and what we can't. places we know and in the places we don't. When things are comfortable, when things are uncomfortable. We just want to leave a bit of heaven behind, Lord. Lord, you empower us to be peacemakers. And to join together with brothers and sisters to be your light in this world. Lord, we are human and we need you to remind us. We need you to empower us, Lord, like you have. We need you to remind us of your son and the impact he has in this world. And God, in all the situations we thought of tonight, whether in our own lives or in the lives of the people around us, would you spur us on? Would you cheer us on, Lord, to be your hands and feet? Would you give us the passion and desire from the concern and the thought that you've given us to make a difference in our world? Lord, as your children, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. When you're ready, if you'd like, come and take communion that other side and use the bread and the juice, a symbol of who Jesus is 
not just who he was or what he did on that cross, even though that is so important, but who he is today and the life that we live because of that. Be what you remember. Join with us.